When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the top 10 of anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. 10. From a magician working at Disneyland to a stand-up comedian doing shows in front of thousands to being one of the greatest comic actors of all time, Steve Martin has made us laugh for over 50 years. The self-confessed wild and crazy guy has created, written and played some of the funniest roles in comedy. So excuse me and Neil as he gives us 10 wild and crazy Martin facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So here we go. His first ever job was at Disneyland selling guidebooks. I just said that. Excuse me, this is a private conversation. Do you mind? He once appeared as a contestant on the dating game in 1968. But it sounds just the way it's spelled. H-F-U-H-R-U-H-U-R-R. <laughs> he taught himself the banjo at the age of 17. Excuse me. May I go to the bathroom first? When at high school, Steve Martin was a cheerleader. You feel like you want to throw up? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He quit stand-up comedy in 1981. Steve Martin began suffering with tinnitus after starring in The Three Amigos due to the gunshots. I'm going to buy you a diamond so big, it's going to make you puke. He was Stanley Kubrick's first choice to star in Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> Steve Martin is credited with making air quotes popular after using them on Saturday Night Live. We are... To wild and crazy guys. <laughs> and he didn't become a father until he was 67. Excuse me, is that your nose or did a bus park on your face? <laughs> and his highest grossing movie is 2009's It's Complicated at 225 million worldwide gross. I want a fucking car <laughs> right fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm surprised about that being his greatest box office uh, I know, success. Meryl Streep factor, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose there it is. And there's the voice, ladies and gentlemen. Will you please welcome, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, a Steve Martin aficionado. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Stuart for the uh, And Why Not podcast. I got all that right. Anyway, Stuart, welcome. Good evening, you wild and crazy guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you were the guy that came up with the idea for the Steve Martin Top 10, which I was quite happy to do because I am a massive Steve Martin fan. I assume you are the same. Never heard of him. Oh, right. This is going to be a really <laughs> short podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I am. And um, as you can see by my tweet today, I got a little overexcited and rewatched a lot of films. <laughs> so have you got all those films on DVD or, or Blu-ray then? Because I, I, I was looking on like streaming services and there's very few Steve Martin mm-hmm. films on streaming services. Yeah, I've got all of them, but Pendants from Heaven, I had to rent that one, which I've never seen. But... Right, right. Okay. You know, I take it, obviously, you're a, a big fan as well. Yeah, I'm going to have a confession. I've had to put a few in because um, it's been a while since I've seen a few of these. And like you said, Pab, it was quite hard to find them. Um, I've got them on VHS shoved upstairs, but I haven't got a VHS player, so that was no good to anyone. So some of my uh, memory of the movies overall. And that's I mean, weird I'm, as well because you live in a flat. Yeah. <laughs> I've still got an attic though. Oh, right. Oh. Yeah. Fancy uh, pants. I know. Between the two floors, it's where I spy. Oh, is that what it is? Um, yeah. But yeah, it was so some of them, you know, I haven't seen for a while. So, uh, you know, I remember obviously remember the premise of the movie and everything, but I don't remember every scene. So I had a little bit of a, a job to remember all of it. But we got there with 10. Well, yeah, after I suggested it, I quickly bashed out a list of 10 and then decided to rewatch them. And it's completely changed my list apart from the number one. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, so yeah, I think like we were saying before we uh pressed record that I think we're going to have quite a few um duplicates on this, but I'm mm. going to be interested. I'm interested to see because I've got a couple on there that I don't know if other people are going to have. Um, but I, I've I think it was I think it was rocks was Ro- was Roxanne the movie that that sort of broke me into I think broke me into Steve Martin and then I sort of backtracked a bit and and tried to find everything I could find so then it was the jerk and he was on he was on Jonathan Ross I think when um Roxanne came out I don't know if you remember that I if you can remember that and he did the great fly Deeney. yeah okay. where he, he used to do like he had obviously had a uh he had a wooden hand or he had a, a false hand and then he would undo his flies and then like this all this magic would come out of his flies can you remember that neil sort of yeah, yeah sort of i don't remember it like, on the jonathan ross though yeah but... it was it was when, it, when jonathan ross did the channel four like, uh, okay. early jonathan ross it would yeah. have been like mid mid to late 80s well it was 87 wasn't it was it 87 yeah, yeah so it was so... about it was about then and, and it was just when i thought you know i need to watch everything that this guy has done um and then he, I think that was when the VHS of his live show came out, but it was like the seventies live show. So in front of like twenty thousand people, and he did the arrow through the head and the bunny ears and That's the right. white suit and the wild and crazy guy. I think is what it was called. So I don't know if anybody else has seen that. I've got the CD of it. I haven't got. I've seen clips of it online, but yeah, I've got the CD of it. Same as same as me. Um, I don't ever think, ever think I've seen it all. Only the clips. And then, oh, really? Yeah, it's, I've only ever listened to it. Yeah, it's really funny because there's a there's a filmed bit at the start where he's he's teaching acting to who was it? I think it's Paul Simon, David Letterman. Um, there's a couple of other people, and like he's trying to 
purvey how to do comedy. And every time Paul Simon talks, he's, Paul Simon sort of starts talking about the minutiae of writing music and everybody just looks at him with disgust. <laughs> Sometimes when I play in a minor key and everyone's looking at him, it's sort of like, you idiot. But I recommend if you if you can get the video of that. I'm I'm, assume, I'm surprised it's not on YouTube. The whole there's only clips. I is it only clips? It. I mean, there might be if you go deep delving. But no, I couldn't find the whole thing. But. Right, right. I've listened to his. Um, I can't remember. Is it Born to Stand Up? I think it is. Is um, Born Standing Up? Is Born Standing Up? Mm. Really good. When Amazing he, book. It's a fantastic book. Yeah, and he was saying about how he had to give up comedy because. People weren't listening to the the comedy because it was twenty thousand people. It's just there, and they're all shouting like it's a, a rock concert. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But yeah, absolutely love him. Right, Stuart, kick us off with your number ten, please. My number ten might be slightly controversial. Um, Sergeant Bilko. <gasps> I, I can't Sli- comment. I've never seen this. slightly it's, controversial. It's the film that Steve Martin felt didn't didn't do well enough so he took a break from comedy until Bowfinger um, but re-watching it it's actually a really good comedy really um, okay. obviously yeah I've never not, watched it it's not Phil Silvers but he was never going to be but he's Steve Martin so a bit like his Inspector Clouseau he's not Peter Sellers but he's Steve Martin if you can sort of see him doing his own thing rather than what came before kind of thing but it just was really it's a really nice mid-90s comedy and it's nowhere near as bad as everybody sort of made it out to be at the time there seemed to be a trend in the 90s of sort of slamming Steve Martin films for not being funny anymore. Um, possibly at the time it wasn't, I suppose, with like the rise of Jim Carrey and all that 90s new wave of comedians. It possibly was a bit stale, but it's aged really well and I really like it. Um, apparently, originally, it was meant to be Michael Keaton. Okay. And he stepped in and took over when Michael Keaton dropped out. It's one of two films that he took over from Michael Keaton on. Um, yeah, I just... Like I say, it's not going to be to everybody's taste. It's quite a broad one, but it's quite a nice, like I say, 90s comedy. Um, I think Steve Martin's good in it. There's really good gags. He plays it really well. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know. what I I Because I, it was the same with the, the Pink Panther. I, I think I watched maybe two or three minutes of it and thought, I can't, I just can't do it. Because you've got this built-up idea of what Bilko is, is Phil Silvers. And, the, you know, I mean... T- tell me now, Stuart, have you got the Pink Panther in your top ten? Is that is that number nine? I can't say it's my number one. No, <laughs> uh, no, I did rewatch. Anyway, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah. No, I um, I did rewatch it. It's quite surprising when you watch a lot of them together. The ones you sort of gravitate to more, more towards that you were kind of like that'll never be on my list. And um, I thought. There's a couple I'm pretty sure you guys are gonna have on yours, so I'm safe yeah. in not including them in mine. So I thought it was a good chance to sort of champion an underrated one. Right. Okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Fair I mean, enough. Like, like, like I say, I've never seen it, so I don't know whether it, it. I might watch it and think it's the greatest comedy movie I've ever seen, but I don't know. It so pops up on like great Mordecai. movies quite a lot. It's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, go Sorry, on, Neil. Um, You're number, so 10. number ten. And the only reason this is number ten is probably a lot better than it deserves to be at number ten. But I, I've it's only part of it I can remember and I can remember enjoying it as Parenthood Um, it was the first Steve Martin film I saw at the cinema um, um, back in 1989 Um, and that was off the back of that trailer when he's doing the balloon animals at the party and I thought well this looks like a riotous laugh and went to see it thoroughly enjoyed it everybody in it it's an ensemble piece obviously and it's a 
yeah. It's one that I do need to re-watch because my memory of it is getting a little hazy. I, I, I mean, it, has anybody seen it recently? Yes. Not, yeah, it's, <laughs> okay. Does, I mean, is it as funny as I remember it or is it? It is. The only reason it's not on my list is because I wanted to do ones where Steve Martin was like the lead. Yeah. Right. Because so, that's more of an ensemble. So I've got a few mm. honourable mentions that are worth mentioning, but he's either only in it in a small role or he's in a supporting role kind of thing. Um, but it is really good. But like I say, it's a lot of other people as well. Like yeah. Keanu Reeves is great in it. Rick Moranis is great in it. Yeah. Um, Diane Weist is great in it. I forgot um, Rick Moranis was in it, to be fair. I forgot that he was, um, yeah, because he's the, oh, who's his wife in that? He's Steve Martin's sister's husband. I can't remember who plays his wife now. No. It's just gone from my head. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, because he's more of the straight laced kind yeah. of. Like the, yeah. yeah, he um, wants their daughter to be, a child genius. That's right. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but see, that was the other thing about Steve Martin is he he put a lot of little bits of his comedy act into other movies. Like you'd know if you'd seen the the, the balloon animals is something that he did up on stage as part of his stand up. Mm. So when you see balloon animals, you think, oh god, yeah, I don't remember that. There's a couple of other little bits from other movies where you think that's from. His stand-up, like the bunny years. Yeah, it's the one that. that I must must get, must must watch. Yeah, yeah. Really when, he's, when he's the cowboy at his son's birthday party, is ace. Yeah, is. where he rides off on the horse and falls off and just and he jumps up and the kids cheer. <laughs> <here. laughs> That's it. Yeah, Jason Robards as well, isn't it? And um, yeah. whoever it was, he played Mozart. What was his name? Uh, uh, what's his name? Holes. Tom Holes. No, it's not Tom Holes. No, he's the son, isn't he, that um, is well, trying to rip played... off the dad. He's is got gambling debts. He played Mozart. Is, that, is it Tom Holes, is it? Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, sorry. He was also Quasimodo, wasn't he, in uh, Punchback of Notre Dame? Oh, yes, in, in the Disney one, yeah. In the Disney one. Right, for my number 10, I have cheated a little bit. Um, this does link to the uh, stand-up video. Um, it's the short movie called The Absent-Minded Waiter which uh, he actually played before he did his like arena shows, before he did his stadium shows, if you like. But on that video, it's also at the start of that video. And right. it's got a uh, Terry guy. He plays a waiter um, that is like a really bad waiter that this uh, couple go to. And the wife is sort of saying, well, why are we coming here? He said, because this isn't like the greatest of food. And he said, and the husband goes, just wait, just wait. So Steve Martin comes in and says, oh, would you like food i don't want to spoil it because it's really really no, funny right. it's only like five six minutes and it was actually nominated for like best short film what for the it? academy was, awards of 70 i wonder if that's on the um on the old youtube it may well be if it is What's i will it put it again? it's called the absent-minded waiter um i will put it up on the uh, uh on our um video playlist for the patreon supporters Oh, uh, if it is if it does happen to be on there but i would thoroughly i won't spoil it because it is really really good mm. um i've always liked terry gar as well she's like she's like very very nice uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway but yeah so it's a little bit of a cheat i know it is but it is a short movie and it was nominated for an oscar so i think it, it i think it counts short films game yeah yeah thank you very much Stuart. thank you for thank you for <laughs> if the lauren hardy shorts count when you're talking about their films it, then exactly that's wonderful. Right, Stuart, you're number nine then, please. Uh, again, possibly also controversial, slight change of pace for Steve Martin, and also the second film in which he stepped in after Michael Keaton dropped out uh, is Leap of Faith. All right, okay. In which he plays an evangelist. An evangelist. Is that the one with Deborah Winger? Yes, and Liam Neeson. 
where they set up in a small town and Liam Neeson's the sceptical sheriff. Everybody else. It's a really sort of dramatic comedic performance from Steve Martin. He plays a really sleazy kind of unlikable guy because, you know, Mm. he's a fake preacher kind of thing. Mm. Um, But it's just a really well put together film. Um, It was one, another one I didn't think would be on my list, but I actually really enjoyed it when I rewatched it. Mm. It's actually a lot better than I remembered it being. Um, It sort of ends without an ending, which is probably its only real thing against it. But um, yeah, it's just a really well done thing. Like I say, Steve Martin's really good in it. Steve Martin does oily, slimy guys quite well. And he does serious really well as well. He does, yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't put it on my list, but Shop Girl's another one that jumps to mind. Yeah, Shop Girl, I love the book, but I didn't really go on with it. I think the problem with the film is that because he cast himself Mm. in that role and it looks a little bit like an older man trying to get off with a younger actress kind of thing. (laughs) And um, Woody Allen kind of stuff. Yeah, um, which, you know, it's fine, it happens, but it's just a little bit, certainly now as well, looking back on it, it feels a bit ickier than it's probably intended to be. Right. Yeah, it's been Yeah, I think I've, I've watched that film once, and I think the year it came out, I think I watched it, and I honestly can't remember much about it. But um, Yeah, it used to be on BBC One a lot in like right. the late 90s, but... Yeah, maybe... But yeah, like I say, it's, it's a change of pace for him. I mean, apart from Pennies from Heaven, he pretty much just done comedies. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, maybe there's an open ending because they were hoping for the big money to roll in for Leap of Faith 2, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what they were hoping Leap for. Leap Faith. Yeah, the pennies to come roll, the pennies from heaven to come two, rolling two in. faith. Indeed. Yeah. Go on then, Neil, you're number nine. So it's Bowfinger. Uh, that's nice. my number three. That's my Ooh. number two. Blimey. Ooh. Blimey. Yes, it's a... It's a what, what year was that? 1999. So I saw this one at the cinema as well. Um, I thought his um, connection with Eddie Murphy was fantastic. There's yeah. some really laugh-out-loud moments in it. Um, and it was nice to see him back on fine-forming comedy, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so why is it so high on your list? I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. I've got it on Blu-ray over there. I need to watch it again. It's one of those movies... I think it's one of the things that Steve Martin does really, really well is he can go from being like really clever comedy mm. that you sort of go, oh, that's just like really clever, to really stupid comedy. You know, in this in the same scene sometimes, that whole scene where he's got the the um the ponytail and he's he's in the <laughs> restaurant <laughs> and he's trying to pretend that he's talking to somebody and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Pre-Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. is like in the sat on the next table and he's got like a mobile phone well it wasn't mobile it would have been a it's car phone, car phone in that he's pulled it out he's got yeah, the cable just tucked the down ca- his sleeve the, yeah, that's yeah the ripped out cable but it's I, I mean for me like you say the, the chemistry between and it's sort of, sort of an ensemble movie as well because there's yeah, so many people in it Heather Graham is fantastic in mm-hmm. it um, but I think it's the it's Eddie Murphy being back to being really really good and really funny as well what's it because it was both of them back wasn't it yeah, and like I say, this is the one in between um, Sergeant Bilko and this. He did the Spanish Prisoner, which was right. like a rare villainous performance from him, and is really good. And is on my honourable mentions again because he's not the star of it, but he's yeah. so good in it as a bad guy. Um, and then, like I say, he came back with this, and it's just such a great satire of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, being a film fan as well, you sort of read all these different stories. Yeah, um, and, it's just, and like you say, Eddie Murphy as well is just amazing, and he's so lovable as Kit Ramsey. And um, yeah, oh, what's his brother called now? Shit. Oh, Jeff. hang on, I need to have it's a look. Floris Jeff, isn't it? Isn't it Kit and Jeff Ramsey? That's it. Yeah, yeah. 
But just the way Steve Martin manipulated him, that character could have easily been that fine line between this guy is just fucking detestable. Yeah. But he plays it with such charm that you sort of get away with it. Just the fact he's charging people to audition. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got that, that wonderful scene with loads of heart when the DHL delivery driver at the end yeah. is coming up with the like with the, the the cardboard envelope and Steve Martin's face has got that that look of like this is it this is our moment and then he finds out yeah we're going to film a film in Thailand or whatever it was <laughs> like, that's, that's like a kung fu that, movie yeah that's basically like his dream he's not going to make it in Hollywood but he can go to you know Asia and make a kung fu movie. I, yeah, it's it's a great film. And really. like you say, it's belly laughs. That whole scene when Eddie Murphy's trying to run across the road. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny yeah. still to this day. It's so good. Yeah, proper belly laughs. Keep it together, wasn't it? Uh, K I T. Like keep it together. Keep it together. Gotta keep it together. With it, the, yeah. the the Laker girls, isn't it? That's what it is. That's it. <laughs> That's Got to weakness. show it to the Laker girls. I yeah. love the whole. Mistake of Scientology and all that yeah, stuff. Terence Stamp, wasn't it? Terence Stamp yeah, that played the, played the leader of that. Um, okay, so my number nine, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, that's my number seven. That's your number seven, okay. Um, again, I think he's great when he's playing off of somebody else and he's playing off... You know, one of the masters, which is Michael Caine. I think Michael Caine. That's what. If we ever did a top ten Michael Caine movies, mm. that would be up up top because he is fantastic in that movie. Because had he done pure? Had Michael Caine done pure out comedy before that? Because I was trying to wrap my brains and I couldn't I think, think he'd done without it. a clue. Ed was that Kate and Rita? Would you class that as a comedy? Yeah, that's a comedy of was sorts. That, when was that? Uh, arguably, Jaws Four. Um, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. No, that was just the paycheck. I it? think it's just the paycheck. Actually, no, it might have been after that you did without a clue. I think without a clue might have been 88. Mm. But is this, well, don't enroll, I suppose Gambit in the 60s was a comedy of sorts, a comedy oh, thriller. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think it might have been his first out and out. I mean, oh, I suppose yeah, he plays yeah. it quite, kind of straight, so it works. Mm. Um, it really does. I mean, I've never seen the remake, nor do I want to. I've, no, and I've never seen the original version either, the... David Niven, Marlon Brando. Oh, Marlon Brando. Brando, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched the trailer for it because I was like, that just sounds bizarre. (laughs) But I have yet, as yet, not watched it. Um, Yeah, no, I can watch, can bring myself to watch the remake. No. Um, No, It might be fine, but... It seemed to me one of those movies that just didn't need to be made. Well, no, they they made it twice and they nailed it the second time, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just seemed to me, I'm probably going to sound very un-PC in that, but they just switch it to women and it's just, there's no need to do it. And I, I saw, think if you were going to do it, that's probably the way to do it. But yeah, it is. But it's just it just seemed like pointless. It, it yeah, just to be where left to go with it, kind of thing. And um, the cast in that is amazing. They like, say Michael Caine's great. Um, mm. Glenn Headley is their target, that's and right. the twist at that at the end as well is yeah. really good. Um, it didn't make my list purely because I thought the character was quite similar to blow uh, to Bowfinger in several certain ways. Yeah, and I was that, trying to, well, yeah, and it was also one of the ones I thought I'd be safe with. Yeah, that is true. Uh, of course, you got Emperor Palpatine as the as the butler. Oh, he's so great in that. Yeah, and uh, Anton Rogers, I think, wasn't he the head of the police? Yeah, I think he was. Who was that? I can't remember. Yeah, him. Anton uh, Rogers. Anton Rogers. I, there you go. I once served him in when I worked for W. H. Smith. Did you really? <laughs> I did. Anton Rogers when he was filming what was the sitcom? May to December. May to December. Yeah, he was filming that around Siren Sister. Really? Yeah, I, yeah. I once served Lofty in HMV. If that helps. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I once served Anne Robinson. 
fluffy face. She wink at you. She didn't wink at me, but she said she did have a very fluffy face. She's got a really fluffy a face. Very fluffy face. It was like serving a tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> Kiwi fruit. <laughs> anyway, um, Stuart, your number eight, please. My number eight is all of me. That's my number seven. Um, I haven't put it on my list because I, 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 it's been so long since oh, I've seen it. This, this so is... long. Such a good It's film. so good because he plays it as the straight man initially mm. and it's only once he gets um, Lily Tomlin as half of his body that he really gets to go full out physical comedy. Mm. It's arguably his most physical thing. The thing where he's trying to like, you know, walk along the street and one half won't go. Yes. <laughs> and that, and when he needs to go to the bathroom, he's it like, is... you know, take it out. Take That's... it out. <laughs> Gently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and his, his wife at the time, Victoria Tennant, was in that. Yeah. Movie as well, yeah. With um, Proker, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Proker was the um, the shaman that had like the the metal yeah. ball. I, I ball. love the blind guy. In the ball. Oh, the blind where, guy. Where he tells him he's white, and then he plays a little bit of music on his trumpet. He's like, "Damn, I am white." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because he's from a jazz band, isn't he? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, there's some there's some great lines. There's some great lines because he's a he's a lawyer, isn't he? I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's a lawyer and he finds it ridiculous that he's got to be there for her to transfer her, bod- her mind into Victoria Tennant's body. That's right. That's the yeah. whole thing. And then obviously she reneges on it. It gets trapped in. in his it's body. just, like I say, it's so wonderfully silly. You don't, it's one of those weird, if it was done now, it'd be like a 200 million high concept comedy. Yeah. Um, it's a shame it's not had a decent Blu-ray release. The one I've got looks worse than, the uh, DVD I've got looks worse than the um, VHS copy. Oh, really? Is it really? Yeah, Lily Tomlin, wasn't it? Lily's, Lily. Yeah, Lily Tomlin's great, That's isn't it? Right. Yeah. Uh, worked yeah. with him again on Pink Panther 2. In, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've only seen the first Pink Panther, and that was a long, that was a while ago. The only bit I remember of the original Pink Panther, oh, of that, the first Pink Panther was the, when he was trying to say, I would like Hamburger. a burger. Yeah. I wind my wife up with that all the time. He's trying to do it. He's going to America, so he wants to blend in. So he wants to sound American. So he gets like voice coaching, right? And it's just the way it, um, the clips on YouTube. It's well worth checking out, even if you don't watch the rest of the film. That, that little scene funny. is a comedy masterpiece. Um, that's a shame. But that's the thing with some of Steve Martin's films, even the worst ones have got some absolute little moments of gems in them. Mm. Yeah. See, I wouldn't put that past Steve Martin because he is a comedy genius. You feel well, like he's a very clever person. You, know, you could give him any shit line and he would still be able to get some kind of gold out of it. That's just yeah. that's the mark of the man more than the the material, if you like. Like I say, the big problem with the Pink Panther films is that the Peter Sellers ones exist. Yeah. That's if they the, didn't yeah. exist, then you know, it'd be fine, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think that's my trouble is because it's, I, it's certainly I, not the worst non-Peter Sellers Pink Panther attempts. No, no. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. It's a big um, shoes to fill, though, isn't it? It is. Absolutely, it is. Go on, then, Neil. Your number eight. So my number eight is, this, again, see, I needed, I didn't have t- enough hours in the day to watch all these before this. Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. You've spoken about it numerous times. That's my number eight. Is it really? It is. Well, I mean, I know you've watched it recently, a lot more recently than me, because we spoke about it in depth I, on another... I, I bought it on uh, Apple whatever it is, the iTunes store, I bought it. So I've got it at my fingertips whenever I want. And, uh, you know, like you said before, it's it's a clever it's a clever concept. It works really well, where he's, he's put himself into old classic movies and made up the plot of this movie. 
I think it's just a fantastic film. I used to, again, it was a VHS I've had and never replaced. But it was one when I um when the VHS shop shut down and I bought it and it had the big VHS, almost like a bookcase with the cover. Oh, the old it. rental ones. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so that's but he's probably a, still See, he's a he's a genuinely genuine, like good looking leading man as well. Yeah. You know, he could he could easily have been well, not the Humphrey well, there were rumours that he was in contention for Indiana Jones at one point. How true that is and how much of that is just every name in Hollywood at the time. But So, I mean, he could well have been. I mean, who who knows what roles he's been put up for? Um, it'd be quite interesting to know where he's been. Because I, re- I also read once in a... Um, I don't know, Again, I don't know how true it is, but um, uh, Scorsese was considering him for one of his gangster movies. Um. So, I mean, he's obviously got acting chops, hasn't he? That's well, the thing. Of course, he has. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think in many ways it's a shame he hasn't had like his Bill Murray Lost in Translation moment. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that's what he thought his shot girl was going to be. I don't. Yeah, he was in contention for Up in the Air, but he didn't do it All to right. do something else. And then, oh no, as if George Clooney didn't do it, he was going to rewrite it for Steve Martin. Right. Um. I mean, I suppose only murders in the building. Now he's sort of getting that time to yeah. shine again. Well, Tony Murders in the Building feels like a culmination of his entire career. Yeah, yeah, but that is really one character. I do, re- I do. Have you seen that, Neil? No, I haven't. It's uh, on you, my list. Yeah, it's amazing. This is the perfect time of year to watch it as well. It feels like a really nice winter show. I know they always yeah. put it out in the summer, but mm, it's got I a agree. really nice Christmas is it winter quite feel. Short to it. episodes, or is it like the full hour? They're about half an hour. Yeah, about half Are an they? hour. So, oh, okay, yeah. I could probably fly through there. So much to watch now. <laughs> and not enough hours in the day. That is true. Okay, so my number eight is Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid as well. So we're back with you, Stuart, for your number seven. Uh, my number seven is The Jerk. That is oh, my, my number, number six. What is it for yours, Neil? Four. Number four. Um, okay. Yeah, it's big screen debut. Um, amazingly funny film. Um, you know, he hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's very, uh, very, it's, very quotable, that movie, isn't it's, it? It's realisation that he's going to stay white. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd love you if you're the colour of a baboon's ass. <laughs> <laughs> when he sets off, and like, I wonder how he's getting on. I'm like, I'll check. And they look at the window and he's still <laughs> stood at the end of the drive. That guy who picks him up and drives him to the end of the fence. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's all there with his, like, um, what has he got? Like the. He's got like a flight cap on and the goggles. Cap, and the goggles and his, his little briefcase and stuff. Oh, it's. <laughs> And the it's guy runs the gas to... station who um, shows him his room and he's like, he takes him into the toilet. He's like, this is great. This <laughs> little stove here. He's like, no, no, this isn't the room. This is your room. <laughs> uh... It took me a while to appreciate that movie. As in, I saw it, I think, far too young. I didn't quite yeah, get same. the... And, and took a few years later to re-watch it. You know, when you did the marking on the TV, the Radio Times to record the films, I recorded that. And then thought, how? Why? Why was I so? But it was obviously an age. I think the thing with Steve Martin is that he plays as a child as like this silly slapstick humor. And then mm. if you get older, you realize there's more levels to it. And it's he, like, say, he's a very clever comedian. It's mm. but that I, that's one of those movies. A bit like Robert Downey Jr. said about Tropic Thunder, which even that that was only what ten years ago. Tropic yeah. Thunder, maybe 2008. But I think. with this, that with this was. Early 80s, wasn't it? I think it was 1979. 79, you couldn't make this movie now. No, you, I, I don't no. think you, you wouldn't get away. I mean, especially with the whole 
you know, where he, you know, I was born a, bo- a poor black child, and some of the words that are obviously used in it that you just mm. wouldn't get away with being able to use now. And I, I, I miss. I suppose there are still some kind of really stupid comedies, but I don't think. I mean, I, me personally, I, I don't grow up, grow out of those kind of stupid comedies because I'd say I still love Laurel and Hardy, which is some of the stupidest comedy you can get and i do find this is a lot like laurel and hardy maybe yeah. a little bit more adult fight if you like yeah i think the thing yeah. that makes things like laurel and hardy marx brothers those steve martin films that are potentially a bit you know is that there's a sweetness to him yeah mm. like there's a sweetness to his character that you kind of, you are rooting for him even though he's an idiot yeah absolutely um, whereas other films like Dumb and Dumber to a degree has got a little bit of a nasty edge to it at times that possibly doesn't age as well as like these things do. But I think because you've got that general sweetness of the character, that he is just so wonderfully innocent mm. that you kind of can't help but not be offended by him. You just kind of, oh, that's right. And all he wants is is the best for everybody. You know, yeah. he's, 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 he hasn't got a malicious bone in his body, really. Well, that's it. He accidentally mm. gets rich. It's not like yeah, he that's... sets out to screw people <laughs> over. Uh, I do love just said, in the chat. Yeah, something you just said, Stuart, is exactly the, how I've been feeling. A lot of modern comedies have this nasty edge, yeah, don't they? And I don't understand why. I, I don't particularly find it always funny. You know, if you go through like the Hangover movies and things like that, there's always this really nasty edge to it. Well, Due Date's a prime example of that. The Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Zach Galifianakis one that's basically a remake of Planes, Trains, Automobiles in everything but name. Mm. Um, but it's just so mean and horrible. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to planes, trains and automobiles in a bit, but there's a sweetness to that film again that it, I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get to it. But yeah. But yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think The Jerk is a movie of its time, mm. but at the same time, the, the comedy in it is timeless. If that yeah. even yeah. makes sense, because again, that's another one of the movies that I bought on iTunes, and that I watched it, and I hadn't seen it for a long, long time, and I really enjoyed watching it. I thought it was almost like not watching a black and white movie, but it was watching a movie of a different era yeah. and a, t- a time when you could say anything and you could do anything, and nobody was going to turn around and say that's sexist, that's misogynistic, that's racist, that's homophobic. There was none of that. It was that that time where you could just say what you wanted and do what you wanted, and it just was. It was funny as well. It wasn't just stupid. It was funny as well. So yeah, like I say, I the fact it's forty odd years old now as well. I know it's crazy because it came out the year I was born, so it was forty three years old. There you go. It is crazy. <laughs> so in the, crazy. when I left school and and sort of like the college age years, uh, I had a poster of the jerk on my wall. Did you? Yeah, the, you know where he's holding the stuff and the yeah. dressing gown. Yeah, it was a great poster. I don't need anything. I don't need anything but this lamp. I don't need anything but this lamp and this paddle game. <laughs> it's the that's fact that's... this dog's called Shithead as well. Every time that's we talk right. about getting a dog, I'm like, well, we've got to call it Shithead. Yeah. I'm not having a dog called Shithead. It's like, maybe fun to shout in the park. Yeah. And Bernadette Peters. Has anybody Peters watched? Yeah, Bernadette Peters. Is fantastic. That bit when he says, can I touch your face? And he just grabs out of her cheeks. And oh, yeah. I love the way your skin just like bounces back. Because he did his first two films with her, because he did Pennies from Heaven after this. That's right. That's um, right. It's a very different movie. Um, I've never yeah. seen his version of Pennies from Heaven. It's it's a chore. Is it? <laughs> you, you, you feel that runtime, and it's not even that long. But oh, really? I, it's one of those films I 100% respect everything they were trying to do with it, but it's just not for me. 
Because the TV series of Bob Hoskins and that was absolutely yeah. sublime, wasn't it? So I just wondered how it how it held up, but I probably won't bother then. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never seen it either. I always get it mixed up with the uh, singing detective for some reason. Yeah, that was another one they did a Hollywood version of, wasn't it? Mm. But that's the same writer. There you go. Then. So, oh, was yeah. it? Well, yeah, it's Dennis Potter. Yeah, that's why. Brian Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> has anybody seen The Jerk 2? No. I didn't even realise there was a Jerk yeah, 2. Yeah, there was a made-for-TV Jerk 2 that you had different actors me. in it. Who, who, who was the main guy in that? I honestly can't even remember the name. Martin Stevens. Yeah. I think there was only one actor that carried over from the film. But it's just... I've seen clips of it. I, think, I mean, you can't even find the trailer on YouTube, but... It's, oh, I didn't even know they did that. It's yeah, it very much diminishing oh. returns. I think Steve oh. Martin's got a credit on it just because he created the characters. But and it was like Dumb and Dumber too. It's the jerk T double O, not T W O. Really? So that's showing you that. It's what like, year was that redone, Pam? Eighty or eighty one? Eighty. Nineteen eighty four. Oh, it was later than I thought. With Mark, well, it's not even Blanfield. like they were riding in on it quick. Yeah, Mark Blanfield as Navin Johnson. I've, I don't recognise him. So well, obviously know. a roaring success. Uh, yeah, Robin mean... Hood, Prince of Tights. Prince of Tights? <laughs> Prince of Tights. <laughs> Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Hang on, I'm writing down Prince and of Tights. It. <laughs> Robin so it looks like he was in... Oh, he was actually in Arrested Development for one episode. <laughs> you that that doesn't redeem, redeem the jerk too. <laughs> doesn't redeem the... No, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Um, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, so I mean, not, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> well, he's had a career, hasn't he? But he's, like he's had a bad. career. Um, yeah. It's just such a bizarre choice to make another jerk movie without Steve Martin. Yeah. Mm. yeah that late right. after that film came out as well. I suppose, yeah. unless they were trying to get in on the video shop rental market. Possibly, but. possibly. But that's very strange. Yeah, we'll stay away from that one as, as far as possible, yeah. I think. Like I say, there's clips on YouTube, that's pretty much all you need to get a feel for what the film's like. Right, okay. Yeah, well, you know, the internet can be good as well as bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, so, Neil, you said number seven, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I did. I said all of me for number seven. So back to you, Stuart, for number six. Well, I said we'd be talking about it in a minute. My number six is Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Mm. Um, I love this film. I, I'll freely admit now, a lot of my top ten between here and one, they're all quite interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. As as is the way with all of these, because they're all equally on a par. Mm. So it was just sort of as I enjoyed them, as I watched them, I was trying to rank them. Um, like I say, there's a sweetness to this film that's just, it walks that fine line between being utterly fucking stupidly ridiculous, everything that keeps happening to them, but just keeping it on that even keel where you don't mm. drop into the, this film's pissing me off now. Um, it's got amazing set pieces in it. The wanting to rent a car. Yeah. Just like 19 fucks in that short two minute thing. And just the way she turns around and was like, when he's like, what does that mean? It like, means you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, I can't remember where I was working at the time, but I actually memorised that whole, it became my party piece. People, <laughs> where I was working, people would go, Pav, Pav, do the planes, trains, and automobiles thing. And I would do the whole thing. I can't, I can't do it now, but yeah, I will talk about it a little bit more later on um, as a movie. But that was also the time when I was, I would always want to be somebody else. 
right? So what year was it? 1987. 1987, yeah. So that would have also been around the time of, I think Moonlighting was on at the same, around yeah. that time, yeah, wasn't it? Been, yeah, So I, at that time, I modelled my whole life on Steve Martin and Bruce Willis in like what I wore. I got myself a overcoat because Steve Martin had an overcoat in um, planes, trains, planes and automobiles. And I wanted to dress just like Bruce Willis did and Steve Martin did. And there was something about Steve Martin in that movie. He wasn't a nice person to start with in that movie. He had a really good arc in that movie because he was a bit... I, I think he's all right. You can feel his frustration building. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's stuck mm. with this guy that he can't stand, which we've all been stuck, either, you know, at work, you've been forced to work with that one guy or whatever. Yeah. I'm normally um, the one, the other person. <laughs> I'm normally the one that's just, everyone's trying to get you, away You from. can feel why he's becoming more and more of an arsehole as all this shit just keeps piling on him. Um, yeah. But it's just, I mean, a huge part of it as well is John Candice performance. Um, John Hughes is writing as well. Is amazing. Yeah, um, really makes you fall in love with both characters. Um, even the small characters, you kind of fall in love with. Like Kevin Bacon is the guy racing for the cab. Yes, yes. You're like mm. you prick. Yeah. Um, just the way John Candy steals his cap at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's got so much heart. I mean, I still like the bottom lip starts trembling near the end when uh, you know, hello, Mrs. Page, and I'll, I want yeah. to introduce you to my good friend Del Griffiths, and you go. Oh, god and every time you go away is playing in the background it's it's beautiful it's, it's and i think it's one of john hughes's best movies i think yeah, yeah. steve Martin's yeah. so good in that bit as well where he's going off on the train and he's remembering everything he's starting to laugh about yeah. it. and it's it's borderline corny but and then he starts to remember the way dell talked about his wife and the fact he'd not been home for years and all that sort yeah. of thing yeah dream um, academy that dream academy song yeah, playing those chords mm. that are playing is beautiful. That that I think that made my top ten movie songs, or it was it was close to it. But. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. But yes, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more later on. Yeah. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. So go on then, Neil, you're number six. Um, wow, Stuart didn't put cameos in, but I did. Little Shop of Horrors, I love this musical. And I think Steve Martin is the highlight as the yeah. sadistic dentist. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, hilarious, hilarious song, hilarious performance. Um, he chews the scenery and hams it up all the way through. And uh, I just love it. And the fact, you know, I love it when Bill Murray goes in. Uh, the fact that he throws him out, you sicko. Uh, <laughs> right through. It's just, yeah, very funny. Yeah, that's one of my honorable mentions for Yeah, it's, for it's, the reasons I said, but he is amazing in it. You know, with a with a musical that's full of great songs, his song is the best. Yeah, yeah, he's the one I go to most show. on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, he kind of steals the show in that movie. He does. He? he really does. So, yeah, that's that one. Okay, <laughs> nothing well, else. There's not say, much. You can't really talk about the whole movie because he's only in what five minutes of it. Uh, you know, and spoilers to anyone who hasn't seen comes to a sticky end or a yeah. chewy end. That but, is true. That is true. But yeah, and he's uh, one of his uh, rare. Black hair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. On his motorcycle. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's all you have to say on that, isn't it? Neil? Well, there's not, like I said, it's hard to elaborate even more when it's one song, basically, in a little bit either end. Of yeah, it. that is true. That is true. Um, right. So my number six was The Jerk. Stuart, your number five, please. Uh, my number five is Father of the Bride. No. I know. Shocking, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> why is that um i just think it's a really nice like film it's a really i mean it's 1991 but it's got a really good 90s feel i'd love father ride two in with it on an equal level um there's a couple of bits in it that are like it's a bit fucking stupid but again his character is so relatable even if you don't necessarily get on side with him diane keaton's amazing as his wife who's just like fuck mm. this guy <laughs> Did they do two or three of those? They did two, and then they did a third one in lockdown that was like a Zoom. So it was basically this. Oh um, right, okay. But with a, but with a better signal, obviously. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know I've never seen Father of the Bride. I've never seen it either, and I, I, I class myself a Steve Martin movie. Uh, movie yeah, well, man, it just yeah. never sort of appealed to me. But Stuart's explaining it. I might give it a go. It's now, isn't... one of those ones that it, um, they seem to always get like like on kids tv they'd always seem to be talking mm. about it coming out and there seemed to be a real hype for it for some reason isn't martin isn't... short in it martin short's in it as well it's... he plays like the wedding planner or something yeah right right yeah so a... yeah and um, they've done, i think they've just recently remade it haven't they? with andy garcia with andy garcia and again uh, no it was it was hbo max did that one. Oh, hbo max uh, cheaper oh, by right. the dozen was remade again on that's disney plus right. with that's right yeah zach braff from Scrubs. Yeah. But then again, Father of the Bride was a remake again. A remake. Yeah, yeah there's was, a surprising yeah. amount of remakes. That's a Tracy movie. List. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, somebody somebody that's got such a a great comedy mind, like an original comedy mind with the stuff that he writes, he's he's done a load of remakes. Whether it's easy money, I don't know. I, I was going to say, it's probably the paycheck at the end of the day to make it. I, yeah, yeah, I think for a lot of that, it sort of freed him up to do his times, like writing his plays, his novels. Yeah. Mm. Um, like his short essays that he used to do for, I want to say the New Yorker, but I might be wrong, that they collected as pure drivel. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, I suppose he's got a 
pay for his divorces and stuff. Like yeah, that. and it's a bit of the Harvey Keitel syndrome, isn't it? One for the studio, one for me. That's yeah. I don't know why. For I, a split I think second, sort of... split second. I was thinking of Harvey Weinstein. Then when you said that, I don't know why. <laughs> no, definitely not. I thought, I oh my god, two. why are you bringing him in into it? And then you didn't, and I just have. So that's completely. <laughs> um, I think he saw the shift away from his earlier type of comedy. So, so you seem to sort of get it with Parenthood. The so you would say Father of the Bride is worth a watch, then, Stuart? I'd say it's worth a watch. Yeah, it's a different. Like I say, it's a different pace to like the out and out Steve Martin comedies, but it's just mm. a really nice. Family it's movies. A gentle comedy. Gentle comedy, yeah. Is it on Disney Plus, did you say? It is, yeah. Oh, okay. The All first right. two are on Disney Plus, and then you can watch the part three-ish on YouTube. And is it oh, worth right. watching the part three-ish? It's for a completist sort of thing. Yeah, it's no. quite a nice little thing to watch. It's only like 28 minutes or something like that. Um, it's yeah. also that kind of thing that that got people through lockdown, yeah. wasn't it? it was yeah, they did it to raise money. Um, yeah. It sort of makes you think, I wish they'd just do a proper number three. Mm. But obviously we've got the Andy Garcia remake instead, which is fine. It lacks the charm of the Steve Martin one. Right. But it's fine. Okay. Uh, Neil, you're number five. So it's the Three Amigos. Good night, Ned. Um, I really like this film. Um, so same as Shirt, it's hard to discern which one should be where. So I just put this in the list of I thought of them. Um, all three of the characters in it, Chevy Chase, Martin Short and Steve Martin are hilarious. The premise is hilarious. I find the whole thing hilarious. But my favourite bit is the camp campfire scene um, when they sing their song. And it's just that last bit. And it's been a, it's been a, an expression I've used for a very long time. And it's always at late at night. I used to say to my lad, good night, Ned, <laughs> with the tortoise. It always made me laugh. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of this movie. Are you not a fan then, Pav? I I like it, but it just didn't mm. it didn't get in my top ten. I actually watched it a couple of nights ago. It was on okay. ECM or or one of the movie channels, and it, I just happened to watch the sort of I think the last half of the movie, and it, it is good. It is good, yeah. but it just didn't make my top ten. No, because they sort of remade it again with Galaxy Quest in a sense, didn't they? Yeah, the same kind of thing. thing. Yeah, and so, everything. But, yeah. I, I like it. It's just. Nobody particularly outshines each other, and it doesn't stand out as a great Steve Martin film. It's a great film, but it doesn't stand out for me as a great Steve Martin right. film. He's got great bits in it. I love where he's like trying to get to the cross the um, cell to get to the thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> gonna make it, gonna make it, yeah. gonna make it. <laughs> Slams back into all. And I love the whole thing with the singing bush. But are you yeah. the singing bush? It's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like who the fuck else is it going to be? And it's just like whole... a lot of like you like you said about the Pink Panther movies and stuff. I'm sure there are little like comedy nuggets of gold in all of his movies. It's just there are more in some. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, it's it's a sum of all of its parts as well. You've got Chevy Chase and Martin Short as well mm. um, in The Three Amigos. Yeah, I, I don't know why it didn't make it into my... I think it was number 11, because I think the, I remembered The Absent-Minded Waiter and that pushed it out of my top 10. So. Right. Yeah. Like I say, there's great bits in it. I love when he gets shot and he goes up to him, he's like, I knew it. Real bullets. Yeah. And then when they realise that they're actually in a real situation, they all just start crying. That's like, so I love how you have to summon the Invisible Swordsman and Chevy Chase actually shoots him. For yeah. years, one of my favourite things to do was to see one of the fiery, 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 fiery. How far? That was the <laughs> bit. Yeah, It was one of those bits, again, when you're a fan and you think, I recognise that little bit. That was another little bit from another movie you sort of just like locked onto. And then when Chevy Chase has got all the water, they're all there yeah. like on their horses and <laughs> just like chapstick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, and the clip, you played the clip of him trying to attract him when he's up yes. on the thing. On the, he's yeah. doing bird noises and then you go to, you guys, you guys, up here, up here. <laughs> <laughs> El Guapo, wasn't it? El Guapo. El Guapo, yeah. El Guapo. Okay, uh, my number five uh, is one of those movies that I found was like, it's it's beautiful, it's clever, but it's also stupid in little bits as well, and that's L.A. Story. I don't know if either of you got it in your Well, time. no, this I, I is one of the ones I re- I've okay. only ever seen it once. And that really? Was when it first came out of the cinema. So I haven't seen it since. Really? I think that like some of the music in it, I was Enya doing the music and stuff. But just, again, so funny in places. I think, Steve, I think it was one of those films that it felt like it was obviously a very personal movie for Steve Martin. It was like a movie he wanted to... I think he wrote that one, didn't he? I yeah, he did, yeah. I've one, got yeah. the screenplay. <laughs> have you got there? Have you? Have you? And it's just, he's just fantastic in it. And Richard E. Grant is great in it. Yeah. Um, it's got, Mary Lou Henner is fantastic in it. Um, and again, it's, it's very much like Bowfinger. It shows you a little bit of what the scene of LA is like. You know, nobody walks in LA. They they drive two houses to get to their next door neighbor or something. That's, that's just what they do in LA. So for me, it's... Um, and you said it. Oh, you've only just watched it once, Neil. Yeah, yeah. And that's when it first once. came. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. When I looked through the list, I'd sort of forgotten about it. Wow. If that makes sense. Yeah, because I saw it at the cinema back in whenever it was. Was it ninety one? Ninety one. Yeah. Ninety one. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. It's it's sort of never been reminded. Never seen it anywhere. So. Yeah, I'm going to have to That's... search it out and look at it again. I'd sort of almost literally forgotten about it until I, like I said, until I looked at the list. Wow, that's surprising. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's my number five. I'm sure we'll be talking about that a little bit later on. Uh, so, Stuart, your number four, please. My number four is Roxanne. That's my number four. And that's my number three. Oh, oh we nearly had a clean sweep. Nearly. <laughs> nearly. Um, again, I think this is just a wonderful film. Um I love Steve Martin adapting old things. Um, didn't work quite as well in A Simple Twist of Fate, but that film's got its own issues. Um, but yeah, this is just perfect. I, the cast is perfect. I mean, I, you can see how easily he just falls in love with Daryl Hannah. Mm, yeah. Beyond the fact that she's Daryl Hannah, she's just such a lovable character. Yeah. Um, his best friend's great. The fire crew, because it's a fairly straight role again for Steve Martin. Mm. Um, beyond the nose. He's a fairly straight character. It's the fire, the crew, fire crew that are like you know, the oddball crew, the over the top sort of characters, mm. um, and it just balances it all perfectly. Um, mm. It's like you know, instead of a sword fight, it's the fight with the tennis racket at the beginning. Yeah, um, where Daryl Hannah locks herself out, and he's like, "Do you want me to get your coat?" She's like, "No, I thought I'd just get freeze and walk home naked." And then the <laughs> next shot is him walking along, and she's behind a bush. Yeah. She's, but the thing like, was, you couldn't find the coat. He's like, and you said you didn't want one. She's like, it was sarcasm. He's like, oh, we don't do sarcasm in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he is like, there is so many sides to him because he is super confident, or he looks super confident. Put it that way. To, to everybody else, he is super confident. He's a great cook. He can write. He's the fire chief. But his nose is a thing. Is is what his insecurity is. I love when he goes to the plastic surgeon. He's like, cut yes. it off, cut it off. He's like, can I at least look at the pictures? Like, yeah, fine. Yeah. He's in front of the mirror. That's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He puts the case oh. card in it. Oh. He said, like, no, you've had rhinoplasty before. You, you, you've been in, no, you've been in comas before, yeah. haven't you? He's like, 
who's obviously trying stuff like that because he's got a bottle of gin or a bottle of vodka, isn't he? He's yeah, on the table. Yeah, and um, oh, what's her name from The Shining? Is also is like a his best friend. Oh, Shelley Duval. Shelley Duval. That's right. Yeah, Rick Rossovich is great as the as the mm. the muscle. Fred Willard as the mayor. Fred Willard. Oh yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's a it's a great story, and it's um I like the fact that they brought it to the masses. That's yeah. So yeah, I think it's just a timeless piece because that's been made countless times. Yeah, to the point where I can't enjoy any other versions. <laughs> oh really? It's like it's, it's not. It's like I really want to watch the Pink, Peter Dinklage one, but at the same time I'm kind of like. It's not Roxanne, though, is it? No, no. That, that Although is that is supposed to be really, really good, isn't it? I have heard. Yeah, it. and it dropped yeah. on Prime. Oh, did it? It's it? dropped on Prime now, yeah. is it? Oh. Yeah. Because I really like Gerard Depardieu's yeah. version. I think that is sublime. I think that performance, that acting, I mean, it's a totally different film to, obviously, Roxanne. But, yeah, it's a sweet, sweet story, isn't it? It is. It's just yeah. Small Town America as well. There's something romantic about Small Town America on film. Mm. Um, there's a couple of bits in it that are a bit odd like when he pretends he's been taken by aliens yeah. he tells the old lady Daryl Hannah's house looking for old ladies to have sex with like, yeah. what's this scene for? that's right that yeah. was that was the clip I remember that, that was played on the Jonathan Ross show um, that was it that was the clip yeah when he gets dropped it looks like he gets dropped down and he tells the old ladies and but, and you got the crew trying to get the cat out of the tree and he just comes along and puts out a thing of that's... cat food then when they're driving back they still want the ladder up and he gets <laughs> oh, to the firehouse yeah. to check and he's like oh no it's fine then he walks around the side and he's sticking out the side of the building yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it shows that again how sad I was at that time I also I used to go out dressed in blue chinos white shirt like a dark tie and a cap and, and I think I did I say this to you Neil I think we said it on another podcast you I bought, bought a nose yeah I thought bought I was a long it. nose so I could sit at home and pretend that I was I was CD Bales was basically who that's was, that's it. It. did you ever wear the nose out no I didn't no. what do you mean wear it out you mean as in like as in so I couldn't use it anymore or do you mean <laughs> no no did you wear you obviously wore your costume in public Oh, you know, but I, no, I didn't go out with a nose on. No. I just thought... No, I mean, come on, Neil, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was going to ask for photos if that was the case. I think yeah, that needs to go up on the there is, <laughs> there is, a, I'll have to find it, there is a photo of me uh, hugging my dog with the nose on. I know that for definite. But I don't think I ever wore the whole full ensemble. The full ensemble. I mean, yeah. that's this year's Halloween sorted, at least, though, isn't it? But nobody would know who I was. <laughs> Not from a 1989 yeah. movie or whatever it was. 1990, was it? Yeah, 87, you... I think. Uh, 87, yeah. 87, yeah. Um, you go out and they're going to go, oh, you're from the 1987 movie Roxanne, aren't you? They're not going to I love the way he does the insults as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But he said he said that if they filmed like 40 or so, because yeah. he said as a comedian, he knew that like half of them wouldn't work. Mm. So... Uh, but yeah, so that's okay. We've all had that one. Uh, that was at my. That was that was your number four, Neil. You had the jerk at number four. I did. I had Roxanne at number four. So we're back to you, Stuart, with your number three. My number three is the man with two brains. That's my number two. And my number two. Ooh. Oh, we're quite close again, aren't we? It's it's a comedy masterpiece. It's probably the finest of the Steve Martin Carl Reiner joints. Um, it's just brilliant. It's mm. such a stupid idea. Um, just all the tiny little moments, the screw top head surgery. Yeah. Um, Kathleen Turner's fucking amazing in it. She's she so good in that film, so isn't good. she? 
So good. She is such a detestable villain. Yeah. But gorgeous. Um, Steve Martin's great as well. I love when he's doing the interview in the car. And he's like, says all this, like, really, he's like, can you read that back to me? I'm worried it might sound a bit pompous. He's like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Add, take out the maybe. I don't want to sound wishy-washy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing with the little girl after he's run Kathleen Turner over. Oh, like, that's the right. Hospital thing, and she's like, that looks like a, a subdural hematoma to me. Like, Does it? <laughs> and that little girl's so good at repeating all that stuff back. Apparently she did it so, in one take. Yeah, so good. And again, you see something from his, you see the... The rabbit ears. Yeah. When he's got his like paper. When he's, when he's walking to do the operation on Kathleen Turner. And, yeah. Yeah. That's just where he's like, you know, she's depriving him of sex and he's in his boss's office. And he's just <laughs> yeah. like licking the x ray of the skull. <laughs> that's right. Like dry humping things. <laughs> dry humping things. And yeah. He, and he's could... sat like that the whole time, isn't he, his boss? Yeah. And he's like, when are they coming to unstick your fingers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is so good. It's so... I mean, it's, it's almost a parody movie in places, but well, it's going to be 40 years old next year. So I know. It's, they it's, should bring out a special of that one they, they did like really a hmv blu-ray but there's nothing on it like in their masterpiece collection right but there's nothing extra on it other than you get a poster with it which it's... which is cool but i love that he's got the jar with the rubber lips on it yeah when he yeah. takes it out for a boat ride yeah <laughs> david warner is really david good, warner. Is amazing yeah. in it david Warner's really there. great in it yeah and just the whole you know dr hafar yeah you got oh, <laughs> spelt just... as it sounds and, and when it, he's I, trying to kill the prostitute, yeah. <laughs> she got that voice. That, <laughs> when, he's, when she asks what's in it, he's like, it's Window X. He's like, I don't funny. mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was Sissy Spacek that did the voice of the yeah. brain in the jar, wasn't it? Was it really? It, it was. There you go. You learn uh, every day is a learning day. Like. Neil, you're this, the facts man. This, yeah, this one right. almost, because all of me is kind of similar, except that the mind's in his body and all of me. Um, so they're kind of similar films to some degree, but it's just the physical comedy isn't relying on him sharing his body in this. Um, no, I, I love the whole thing where they're trying to break into the castle and the walls are paper thin. That's yeah. <laughs> they just end up in the pool. That's it. Yeah, even though they look like they're like carved out of the rock yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great film. Um, actually, I mean, it it was a toss up between that and Bowfinger as my number two and number three. So we see probably- again these two interchange for me between this and Bowfinger I yeah. think Bowfinger's just got the edge because that's sort of what got me back into Steve Martin because there was an omnibus programme on BBC One to coincide with it coming out sort of like conversations with him and looking back on his career right right, right yeah. I was like oh, I fucking love Steve Martin and that's when yeah. I found out you could he had novels that you could buy and he'd released LA Story and Roxanne in script form oh, oh, shit I've got to get on all this stuff yeah I didn't realise that um, anything else to say, Neil, about Man of, Man of Two? Well, right? No, pretty much just it's fucking hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. And if anybody's not watched it, watch it if you can get hold of a copy somewhere. Yeah, like I say, it's on Blu-ray. I think it's still on DVD as well, but it's well mm. worth picking up. Yeah, it really is. Okay. Because believe Before it or we... not, there's... Sorry, Pat. Believe it or not, there's going to be so many people that haven't seen half of, you know, oh, so yeah. many of these classic movies that we've spoken about. And classic comedies at the same time. The, the only thing that kinds of date is Merv Rippin as the uh, elevator killer. 
That's right. Spoilers, yeah. but... Yeah, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> I imagine now a lot of people go, who the fuck's Merv Griffin? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, there'll be a lot of people out there going, who the fuck's Steve Martin? So well, we are, we are going to try and... Um, I don't know, I think only Murders in the Buildings really fucking brought him to a new true. audience. It's gone huge. I mean, you see it everywhere, don't you? Advertised and billboards and all sorts of yeah it, so that is true. i must get on it is it if it's worth watching i would thoroughly recommend it it's not it's just a, it's also a good whodunit comedy yeah. kind of thing you know but is One it laugh those... out loud comedy or is it in, in places but not not every everywhere no. but it's got some good little twists and turns and there's two seasons it's, of it now again it's to a certain degree it's a certain amount of it's just sketches stitched together through a story right. yeah i mean i love when he has to do the test to prove he's not drink driving yeah, yeah. But there are some really classic Steve Martin bits in it. Yeah. Right. I will yeah. definitely have to uh, get on that. I'll put Absolutely. it on one of my six million other series. Indeed. Tells <laughs> That's me what you must watch. Uh, right. Before we uh, announce our number ones, uh, Stuart, do you want to give us your countdown from number 10 to number two, please? Yeah, I shall do my best Simon Mayo Top of the Pops. Wonderful. Um, so at number 10, I had Sergeant Bilko. At number nine, I had Leap of Faith. At number eight, I had All of Me. At number seven, I had The Jerk. At number six was Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Number five was Father of the Bride. Number four was Roxanne. So at number three, I had The Man with Two Brains. And at number two was Bowfinger. Wonderful. Neil, this time you can do it as quick as you like. (laughs) Yeah. At number 10, Parenthood. At number nine, Bowfinger. At number eight, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Number seven, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Number six, Little Shop of Horrors. Number five, Three Amigos. Number four, The Jerk. Number three, Roxanne. Number two, The Man with Two Brains. Wonderful. And mine is number 10, The Absent-Minded Waiter. Nine, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Eight, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Seven, All of Me. Six, The Jerk. Five, L.A. Story. Four, Roxanne three Bowfinger, and two The Man With Two Brains. So, Stuart, what is your number one Steve Martin movie? My number one, as I told you when you're on my podcast, that the number one to every top ten is Footloose. <laughs> that is true. But, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't but no. He was in Planes, Trains, Automobiles together, so yeah. I'm doing it that way. No, um, my number one is L.A. Story. I adore this film. I watch it, like, once a year, at least. Um it's just a magical movie. Mm. There's a magic to this film that I can't put down, uh, put, really put a finger on. Um, it's just so well observed. I mean, I don't know much about LA. Um, I feel like most of the things I know about LA I love from this film, but it's just a wonderful mixture of a really nice love story, um, wonderfully surreal moments. Um, like you say, the Enya music, Exile by Enya, is a beautiful piece. And they use it perfectly in the film. Mm. It's got great lines in it, like, you know, uh, why is it we don't know the moment that love begins, but we know the exact moment it ends? Um, Beethoven's balls. Beethoven's balls. <laughs> Rick Moranis's cameo is the uh, grave digger. That's um, right. The With a terrible English accent. The way that they're talking about the painting and he's describing it, like the, you know, the girl peeking around the corner, looking at the thing, and then when you look at it, it's just a big red canvas. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the potential of that. Um, that great line about you know when I'm around you, I feel like I need to show off which is the idiot's way of uh, trying to look smart. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing. His chemistry was, obviously they were married at the time, but his chemistry with Victoria Tennant is great. The whole idea of, you know, the LA freeway sign. It's like you actually buy into that as a character. Like you say, Richie Grant's amazing in it. 
Um, it's just the little observations as well. The um, Sarah Jessica Parker's great. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, hi, my name's Greg. I'll be your mugger this evening. You've got a queue of people waiting to get money at the cash machine and a queue of muggers waiting to mug them in trying to get a table at the restaurant with Patrick Stewart. That's right. Um, and bring it up to do it. And he's like, no, I'm renting. I just sold a condo. Yes, in this soft market. <laughs> uh, Woody Harrelson is his boss. He's like, well, what kind of idiot? I'd listen to a wacky weather. He's like, this idiot, you're fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. So good. I, I, I It's been a while since I've watched it, but I would, uh, yeah, I would thoroughly recommend it. Neil, definitely add it to your list. I need to watch it again. It's been, what, like, well, 41 years ago, <laughs> no, 31 years ago or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, a bit forgotten. Oh, lordy, lordy. Uh, okay then, Neil, i got a funny feeling that we've got the same number one. What, Cheaper by the Dozen too? Oh, yes. <laughs> to be fair, it's better than Cheaper by the Dozen 1. Oh, there you go. I particularly love that bit in it. No, yeah. no. I'm sure it is, is yours, planes, trains, and automobiles. Of course it is. I mean, if yeah. you've listened through our podcast for the last nine years, you've heard we've spoken about it so many times yeah. on numerous podcasts. It's what I call, what if it'll be in my top 10 comedies. There you go. Um, I, I think this would be in my, we've got coming up, in a few well in a few before the end of the year we've got Spoiler. a top 10 well I know we've got a top 10 movies of all time and I've yeah. got a funny feeling this might make it in my top 10 movies of all time yeah um, I think it's got absolutely everything got heart got soul amazing laughs yeah tears just the whole the whole shebang life. like you said I, I, I probably agree with you it probably is John Hughes's best film mm. controversially to some people but yeah, no I think it is yeah I mean, it's it's, it's, it's not laughing. Bratty American teens for once. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. Um, it's laugh out loud. It really is laugh out loud. There's so many, and I am going to use the I, I words because you hear people spew it around all the time. So many iconic scenes in it, laughter scenes, situations that happen. Uh, you know, I'm not going to start speaking them all again because Stuart did a very articulate job of it. So, uh, you know. Yeah, what, what um, there isn't anything else we can say. I don't think. I Except must those been, aren't uh, pillows. I, yeah. did, <laughs> I did. I did think it might have been a, a parody movie top ten where we got the same number one, all of us. But uh, yeah. but no, Stuart had to ruin that at number. Sorry, six. it's <laughs> like say LA story for me. I think because it's one that he wrote as well, and it's so yeah. personal to him. Yeah, um, it's just it feels the most Steve Martin of. It feels like that's what he'd been building towards. So I've got vague memories of LA Story. Is it the, that's the one where he's on the roller skates? Yes. Yes, going yeah. through the yeah. when the billboards on the yeah. side of the road start talking to him, as in they're that's like, right. they're yeah. writing it's the I freeway really sign. Yeah. 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 But uh, alas, I, I somehow just did you just it. say alas? Yeah, alas, <laughs> I have not seen it in thirty-one years. <laughs> oh, Neil. Yeah. Um, so before I go through our honourable mentions, then um, Stuart, you said you had a couple of honourable mentions. What were the any more to add? Uh, to yeah, we this? touched on a couple of them. So obviously, Parenthood, Spanish Prisoner, and Little Shop Horrors, and the other one was just Grand Canyon, in which he basically right. plays a version of the film producer Joel Silver. Right. Um, he's not in it very much, so he didn't. It didn't go on my list, but it's a really, really good film. It's, um, That's when he had a white Lawrence beard Caston and moustache, wasn't it? Do you know yeah, yeah the white beard. Yeah, white beard in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's like this ultra-violent film producer. Right, um, it's just a great Steve Martin performance, but it's a small part of an ensemble film, as with a lot of Lawrence Kasdan films. It's uh, yeah. like the big, the big chill and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a small part of a bigger thing, but so good in it. 
Um, and I recommend that Omnibus documentary as well. It's on YouTube. If you put in Omnibus Steve Martin, it'll come up, the full right. hour-long episode. That's well worth checking out as well. Mm. If you want an overview of Steve Martin's career up to 99. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, I got a feeling I've watched that. Yeah. Out of one of the things, yeah. Okay, our honourable mentions we've got here. At Hugen Bard said, uh, Planes, Trains, Automobiles is one of the finest buddy comedy road movies ever made. Steve Martin and the legend that is John Candy makes such a funny, bittersweet combination. Always has me in tears at the end. Also, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, that has me in laughter tears. Phil James says, Pointy birds are pointy, pointy. Anoint my head, anointy, ninety, And I was a poor black child. Lisa Buchanan says, oh, wow, this would have been very difficult for me. Two of my choices would be in my top 100 of movies. It's Complicated with Meryl Streep and Parenthood with Mary Steenburgen. Bergen? Bergen? Yeah, Mary Steenburgen. Bergen. And honourable mentions, Three Amigos, All of Me with Lily Tomlin and The Jerk. Stu Grant said, The Mama Two Brains, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, The Jerk, Bowfinger, LA Story and Roxanne, all in our top tens. Nancy Trickles just said, yeah, what he said, because she posted just underneath <laughs> yeah, I love what Stuart that. said, so that saves her having to do loads of typing out. Uh, Anna Cochran, hello Anna, said, uh, uh, LA Story was so good, and The Jerk, I was born a poor black child. That seems to be everyone's favourite quote. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my ma said, All of Me, my favourite favorite steve martin film although i love everything he does and when all of me came out i thought that lily tomlin looked my, like my mum which uh she she can't see but i whenever i saw that film i always thought god she looks just like my mum. it's weird how you see your parents mm. and certain actors and actresses isn't it i know it's, it's completely not there but there's just something about them that yeah it's like absolutely. an essence of them Absolutely. Uh, at Andy McEwen 1 said, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Planes, Trains and Three Amigos. Got to be the top three. Uh, but if it's himself with no co-stars, The Jerk, Mama Two Brains and the other one where he was possessed by a rich woman. God knows what that was called. And, no, I replied um, to that. It's all of me. <laughs> and yeah, that's the, I think it was you that did reply, wasn't it? It was me, yeah. Uh, at Texan Fan said Roxanne was Steve Martin at his very best. Uh, Mark Di Natale said LA Story. Jeanette Deakin, Little Shop of Horrors was always one of my faves. Uh, Maria Pereira said I love his passion for the banjo, makes me want to learn. Uh, his banjo my, albums are great. What's the name of the band that, he, that he's in? I can't remember. Oh, he's, he's got a band, doesn't he, that he goes yeah. out touring with? The CDs are out of my reach over there, but um, uh, I can't I'm sure they're called now. Someone, someone will tell us, I'm sure. Uh, and my pa said, my favourite is planes, trains and automobiles and cheaper by the dozen. There you go. It's got to let people down, my old chap. <laughs> uh, MPG underscore uh, 1980 said, in no particular order, Mama Two Brains, Three Amigos, Bowfinger, The Jerk, LA Story, Planes, Trains and Automobiles and House Sitter. That See, was I didn't like House City with Goldie that, Horn. Goldie yeah, Horn. I've never seen that's that. Right, that's right. Two of his worst films, sadly, are both Goldie Horn ones because that and The Out of Towners, it's heartbreaking that the same year Bowfinger came out, which is one of his best, also The Out of Towners came right, out, which is out easily his worst film. Right. Yeah, I, okay. I have to, that's the one I switched off. Right. And finally, at Modern Escapism, said, without a doubt, planes, trains, and automobiles, his chemistry with Candy in that film is amazing, and the sweary tirade at car rental desk is a thing of absolute beauty. 19 F-bombs in the space of a minute. Chef's kiss. There you go. Perfect. So, Stuart. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. My podcast, and why not? Um, basically, I get a guest on, like yourself, um, to pick a film that you love, and then we talk about it and generally see where the conversation goes from there. So um, when you came on, we talked about The Greatest Showman. And then of course, off I mean, what else would you Avengers talk Endgame about? <laughs> and then I found out later that you have a really high love for uh, Field of Dreams. I was like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
but yeah, that's basically what it is. So we've done varying films like Greatest Showman, uh, Tim Burton's Batman. We've got one coming out on Master of the Universe. Um, we're also starting to do some specials as well, looking at different things. We've got one coming out for Christmas, looking at three different kinds of Santa on screen. Um, yeah, it's all on our website at hauntednerds.com. Um, or you can find us on Acast, Podbean, all the usual places. Um, but yeah, that's basically what it is. And it's the basic idea was that it was two people who've just watched a film talking about it in the pub. So there's no real right. structure to it beyond members of first seeing it and then why you love the film and just wherever that takes us. Mm. Well, we'll um, put the link to the uh, to your website and the podcast in the show notes. So awesome, thank uh, you. it was a lot of fun, I must admit. It's quite nice just chatting. Like you say, it's just a chat. There's no real structure to it and it goes off in different places that's the best thing about a chat isn't it, it just yeah well, there's nothing worse than a chat with an agenda no <laughs> there's, there's kind of like you know we've got to hit these questions yes. and let's talk about the director it's like fuck <laughs> off yeah. <laughs> uh yes but please have a little listen because it is a lot of fun i must admit um Thank you. Uh, but like I say, I'll put the links in the show notes, so please everybody hit those. Uh, before we say our goodbyes, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with us and all that? Absolutely. Before so the connection you... goes. Yeah, I'll do it as quick as I can. So here we go. Go! You can find us on all the social medias at Top10Pods. Do please give us a like, give us a click, give us a whatever it is you do on there. Email us at top10pods at hotmail.com with any questions you may have. Uh, come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top10pods where you get all sorts of rewards where you can be a guest yourself. Check out all the links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes below. And please do come subscribe, leave us a review right in wherever you get your podcasts from. Well done, Neil. I thought his head was going to explode. Then. I thought his head was going to explode. Who <laughs> said like it scanners. didn't? Oh, you like say which head? Yeah. <laughs> ah, say no more. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, there you go. Steve Martin, top ten done, and uh, I think we might get out of here before it the connection goes again. So, Stuart, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. So much fun, and um, this is really weird being on this side of it. It is. It does. It, yeah. When, usually, when I'm walking passenger. around listening to it, it being kind of like. I can't believe they didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. when you're the passenger, it's a little bit weirder than being the driver, isn't or, it? I definitely... Or I can't believe Neil said, striker, surely you can't be serious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Neil. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, man. I still laugh at that bit. I we, just... we all laugh that one thing we put in a podcast that hasn't been edited out. They were like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, we yeah. leave them to go. We all it have happens. we all have those moments. Indeed, we do. Um, so, yeah. Stuart, thank you so much for joining no, us. Thank you for having me on. Genuine pleasure. Um, Neil, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Stuart. Thank you very much, Pav. Wonderful. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching and listening. And let's go start the countdown. Ten. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.